Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's finally here. I mean, all the rumors can finally be put aside. The smoke screens are hopefully over and done with. And by this time, manana, we'll know what the first round of the NFL draft is going to look like. So to break it all down, this guy has been killing it every step along the way. We had him on a few weeks ago, so I'm curious to see how some things and some rumors and what his board may look like compared to what it looked like, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. So let's... Welcome in, my main man, Connor Rogers, over at Bleacher Report, one of the NFL draft gurus. Connor, my boy, how you doing? What's happening? Not much, JJ, not much, man. How are you? I'm pretty excited. It is finally, finally draft day after all this buildup. Oh, you ain't kidding. I mean, it's going to be like waking up on Christmas morning come Thursday when you know that you're hours away from this draft and you know that it's a live sporting event that we can all get into, even though it's not a game, you know, even though it's not a form of competition, there is a lot to chew on here, my friend. So let's start first, before we get to the Jets, before we get to the Giants, the hot rumor of the day, which was tweeted out by Ian Rappaport regarding the Dolphins and the move to go up to three. My question to you is this. I'm all for the Dolphins going up to three if they don't got to give up the number five pick. I can't sell the idea of not coming away with a quarterback and then, dare I say, taking some of that draft capital and trading it away. So if the Dolphins end up with three and five, I think they're in great, great shape. But what are they talking about? What would they be looking at if they're going to get to three and if they're going to get that Lions pick? That's exactly right. This is not a scenario where Miami's just moving from five to three and they're looking to take the best tackle available. I think what this really is with Miami is they got all this draft capital. They're sitting there. They know they got the fifth overall pick. They probably feel pretty good that two is going to fall into their lap there, and I'm still sticking with that, although a lot of people feel like it's going to be Herbert. They have the 18th pick, the 26th overall pick, and two second-rounders. So they have all this ammo. And when you look at the Dolphins, and I know you know this, J.J., it's not just the need a quarterback. It's getting a guy to protect the quarterback with their offensive line woes right now. So 
I think they're looking at it and they're exploring a way back into the top 10 that is not just third overall. I'm sure there's been a lot of calls. The Lions are being very open about this. They're answering the phone. They're open to moving. But I think with the Lions, the hang-up is they don't really want to move beyond six because they want one of the top players in this draft, notably Jeff Okuda from Ohio State. So when you look at the Dolphins, they might not come back into three. They might stay at five, but they might come back into seven. The Panthers want to move. They might come back to eight. The Cardinals would move. The Browns would move from ten. So with the Dolphins right now, I think it's about getting a quarterback but also finding a second-wave move to get one of the top four offensive tackles to protect that quarterback. And if you're, you know, you're a smart guy, reading ahead into this, a guy you need to really, really protect is Tua. And I know you need to protect all quarterbacks, but you can't draft Tua and play him behind an offensive line of mostly no names. So I think Miami sees that, and they're keeping all options on the table right now rather than sitting back at 18 and 26 and missing on the first wave of offensive linemen. Okay, Connor, so when it comes to those four top tackles, where do you think you got to be, whether you're Miami looking to trade up, whether you're the New York Jets who are sitting there in the early teens, what do you think a safe spot is to basically guarantee one of those four guys is going to be on your team? So I think the run is between 4 and 11. That's the two New York teams, the Giants and the Jets. I think when you look at it, the Giants will sit there at 4. They're another team. They'd move a couple spots back if they could find the right deal. But they want a top tackle. I know there's been all the buzz around Isaiah Simmons and their defense. They know they need to protect Daniel Jones. You know, they signed Cam Fleming. He's a swing tackle. He's not a starter at right tackle. So I think the Giants take a guy like Jedrick Wills that could play on the right side. But they'll have their pick of the top four. Now, the Jets are in the spot where they seem to get the final one, and it's often Mekhi Becton. Now, what you have in the middle here is whether teams want to take a tackle. Now, the Chargers could be one of those. Once again, the Dolphins can be one of those. I wouldn't even call the Panthers and Cardinals locks to not take one, although they're a little bit more open to other positions and moving out. The Cleveland Browns, it sounds like there's been a lot of chatter for them to acquire Trent Williams, and if they can, they won't take a tackle at 10. They would actually look to move out of 10. But the point is, all of these teams interested in offensive line right now, there's four top tackles. They're going to go between that 4 to 11 range right now. And you also have teams like the Bucks that are calling, thinking about moving up. The Bucks are all in on this year. They made the trade for Rob Gronkowski. They signed Tom Brady. They feel great about their wide receivers. They feel great about their coaching staff. They like what they have with Todd Bowles on the defensive side of things there with some young players. They desperately, desperately need a franchise tackle to keep Tom Brady upright. So they're another team. Could be in the Trent Williams sweepstakes, but could be in the running to move up into the draft to grab an offensive lineman as well. Fascinating stuff. The lineman really going to be a storyline. Listen, the quarterback's always going to take center stage, but there is a very good chance you're going to see a crazy run on these linemen, no doubt. So, Connor, as you have been researching these guys every step along the way, out of the four tackles, who out of the four do you specifically like the most? It's Jedrick Wills, and that's why I think the Giants will take him at four. Sure, he played, he played on the right side in college because Tua was a lefty, so he was still protecting the blind side. But when you look at Wills, really, really underrated athlete. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. I compared him to Lyle Collins on the Cowboys, who just had a really, really nice season in Dallas. So when you look at Wills, he's a plug-and-play starter. He could play on the right side. You know, I've spoken to him about this draft process. He's been preparing to play on the left side as well. So he's ready for either one. Dominant, dominant run blocker. Not just against no-names, J.J. 
this is a guy that there's there's clips of him against Auburn against guys like Marlon Davidson, who's going to be a top, you know, first or second round pick in this draft, and he's just flattening him out of the way. So great run blocker, super athletic pass protector, can really mirror any kind of pass rusher, but has the anchor strength to really stay with them as well and protect the pocket. So when you look at Jedrick Wills, and most people around the league feel this way, he is the clear-cut best one. We got Connor Rogers over at Bleacher Report running through all the possibilities. Draft day 2020. First round, he'll be here hours away. Now, let's get to the Jets because you've made it clear the last two times you've been on this show, you think the Giants go with an offensive tackle. I think the Vegas odds basically indicate the Giants at minus 300 are probably going to take an offensive tackle. Now you get to the Jets. And I think if push comes to shove, one of those four guys is on the board for Joe Douglas. I think he will be the pick. Well, I don't know if it's Beckton. I don't know if it's Andrew Thomas. Whoever's there, assuming the Jets can get their hands on one of the four, I think that's the direction they go. Now, Connor, here is the hypothetical. The Jets are sitting there with their pick. They're unable to make a trade up, and all four of the top tackles are gone. What is the next move then for Joe Douglas? It's a phenomenal hypothetical because there is a chance it happens. And if you're in the GM chair, you need to map out these scenarios and be ready. Now, my understanding with the New York Jets is when they signed George Fant, you know, not a a super, super exciting signing, but a guy they feel like can be insurance for them if this happened. They feel like Fant can play on the left side in case the tackles are gone. I think they go wide receiver. Now, that is not in the Joe Douglas playbook. It's not common. But listen, you have a 22-year-old quarterback. He just lost his number one wide receiver in Robbie Anderson. All they really have coming back is their slot guy in Jamison Crowder. You gave Brashad Perriman a one-year deal and hope he could be your deep threat, but you're not betting the house on him. They have a huge hole at wide receiver where, listen, there's so much talent in this position group in this draft. 11 is the sweet spot for wide receivers. That's when you get into the conversation. Do we take C.D. Lamb here? Do we take Henry Ruggs? Do we take Jerry Judy? I think it's a two-man race in this scenario with the Jets. I think it'll be Ruggs or Lamb. The reason I lean Lamb is because of the size, the ability to play above the rim, the ability to help Sam Darnold in the red zone. They were abysmal there last year, absolutely awful in the red zone pass offense. So I lean Lamb. But with Ruggs' speed and Ruggs' mental makeup, that's another thing that teams absolutely love is how tough he is. That's another reason why Ruggs will be in play as well. I would be shocked if the four tackles are gone and they don't take one of the top two wide receivers. I would really, really be floored. And, Connor, they have to load up and go with a bunch of offensive players in this draft. And I understand they have a hole, a corner, and you can make the case to have a hole when it comes to finding an edge rusher, but Sam Darnold now is going into his third year. And listen, I still think he can play. Um, I want to see him go through a full season. That's something that hasn't happened, whether it's mono, whether it's injury luck in his first season. And, you know, there's been all sorts of turmoil, chaos, coaching changes, you name it. But I still believe in the player. But sooner or later, I mean, you're running out of time on that rookie contract. You want to surround the young quarterback with offensive talent. They haven't done that the first two years. So you got a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a couple of third-round picks. I got to see a lineman, a receiver or two. I mean, the offensive help has got to be there. It has to. You you nailed it. Listen, we have no idea what Sam Darnold is right now because he has had no help. He's had two really bad offensive coaching staffs. He really had no coaching in college. So the fact that he survived this long and is as talented as he is really speaks to Sam Darnold himself. So 
when you look at it, yeah, Joe Douglas took this job and he, he knew what that meant. That meant not just seeing what Sam Darnold has. That meant really investing in him and building the best situation around him. So I think when you look at the Jets, you feel pretty good about this. They have four of those, you know, premium draft capital. They're going to have a first rounder. They have a second rounder that's in the top 50. It's the 48th overall pick. And they have two third rounders. And the third rounder that's the New York Giants third rounder is 68. It's at the top of the round. I think they look at this draft. They want an offensive tackle at 11. They're open-minded with 48, either wide receiver or interior offensive lineman. They would really like to double up on offensive linemen. Then in the third round with both those picks, it could be wide receiver. And I think they'll look to add a running back eventually in this draft as well because they don't want to carry Le'Veon Bell's cap hit beyond this season. I think in 2021, it's $11.5 million, but it could be wiped off the books with a clean slate. So they're going to look for the future of their running back position. It might not be in round three. It might be round four, round five. They're two sixth-round picks. But the Jets are going to load up on linemen and playmakers for Sam Darnold in this draft. Okay, Connor. Now, we have the three receivers. You're talking Ruggs. You're talking Lamb and Judy in some order. Who is the guy that might be on the fringe? As I drop my microphone right now, you got to love that in the home (laughs) studio. All good there. But when you talk about the first-round wide receivers, second-round wide receivers, who is the guy that you're all over? Who is the guy that might be getting underdrafted that has all the makings of being a star? I think when you look at it, Michael Pittman is the guy that jumps out to me. It kind of reminds me of the scenario we had a couple of years ago where Michael Thomas goes in the second round of the Saints and everybody's sitting there and they're going, well, the production in college is all right. He's got good size. He might not have the best speed, but I feel like he plays big. He's a nuanced route runner. I kind of see a lot of the same things with Pittman. And I don't think he's Michael Thomas by any means. I actually compared him to a guy like Eric Decker, who was just very, very reliable. But some of the best hands in the draft, great special teams player. He won deep. He won underneath. He's fearless over the middle in the intermediate game. So I look at Michael Pitt, and he's dominant in the red zone. It's another thing. He's great in the red zone. He's really played a good chunk of snaps since his sophomore season. So you have three productive seasons under his belt in that USC offense. I look at Michael Pittman, and you know all the conversation right now is C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Justin Jefferson, those top four in the first round over and over again. Somebody's going to take Michael Pittman in probably the top 50. I could see anywhere from 35 to 48, and they're going to look at it and go, man, this guy played you know eight years, super reliable player. I think his floor is a number two wide receiver. It wouldn't even shock me if he developed into a number one. Okay, Connor, when it comes to the quarterbacks, you mentioned earlier you have Tua ahead of Herbert. How confident are you in that all shaking out? You think Tua will go ahead of Justin Herbert? I do. I think the NFL looks at this, and it's really balancing two things. You're balancing the talent, you know, against the injury risk. And at the end of the day, in the NFL, you've got to roll the dice. And when you take Tua, you know they're you're not worried about him getting healthy. You're worried about him staying healthy. The, the hip is going to be okay. He's going to be fine in that. You don't want him to get any new injuries or any injuries going forward. But with Justin Herbert, I mean, you look at it, number one, the talent gap is so far off. Herbert's really a one-read quarterback. Yeah, he's a big-body guy. He's athletic. But the accuracy comes and goes. And that does not translate at the next level. It really doesn't. And the interception numbers, sure, they weren't too high. But the inaccuracy, you know, is just a huge problem over and over again. It's a lot of NFL stuff, too. Deep outs, sailed out of bounds, a lot. Bad decision-making, whether it's too slow getting to your second and third reads, and guys are able to make up speed and coverage. So, I look at Herbert. He doesn't play the game fast enough for me. He doesn't play the game, you know, in big moments. And I think with Tua, I've seen enough of that. I know Tua can play in the big moments. I know Tua is one of the most accurate passers I've seen at the college level in quite some time. 
that I would draft him and I'd say, listen, we got to make this thing work. We're not going to throw him out on the field until we feel it's right. If you're Miami, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I know some people laugh at that. They really respect and value Ryan Fitzpatrick down there where they're going to try to rebuild this offensive line. they got to get right at the running back position. You have talent at wide receiver. It's a place where Tua doesn't have to jump on the field right away. But, man, if you can keep him upright, I think Tua could be a top five, top eight quarterback in the NFL. Now, do you think, Connor, both Miami and the Chargers end up taking quarterbacks here? I do. Now, what I really wonder with the Chargers is I, they feel less desperate to me or less motivated to take a quarterback. I think with Miami, it, you know, they feel like the time is now. They've been ready for this for so long. When they handed over the reins to Chris Greer, who's been with the organization since really 2007, I believe, but now he has full control of football operations really since January of 2019. You look at that scenario, they've been ready for this. And I think with the Chargers, Tom Telesco, who's been in that full control GM chair since 2013, he's sitting there and going, hey, our coaching staff really likes Tyrod Taylor. We feel like we built a really good offense. We can use another offensive lineman right now. So I think the Chargers are, are, are sitting there going, if somebody falls into our lap like a Tua, we'll take him, and we don't have to start him right away. But we're not really going to jump around the board or just take a guy. So I think when you look at it, Miami feels very, very motivated to find their quarterback while the Chargers are kind of in wait-and-see mode. Okay, Connor, Jordan Love is another quarterback that probably finds his way into the first round. Who is the team that you have, you know, eyeing up a very raw prospect, but a guy who can make some spectacular throws? This is the hardest one to figure out in the entire first round, J.J., and it really is because you look at the teams that he makes the most sense for. It's the Saints. It's the Green Bay Packers. The problem is both of those teams are in win-now mode. You have Drew Brees, who's 40-something years old. You have Aaron Rodgers, who – has looked a lot older lately and is getting up there. And both of those football teams are phenomenal where they want to add a premier, you know, another premier player, whether it's a defender, whether it's an offensive piece, they want to go for it in this window right now where they don't want to use their first round pick on a quarterback, but those are good landing spots for Jordan Love. So do they take him and, and develop him, stash him? That's what everyone's trying to figure out right now. And then you look at the teams that could take him that, honestly are very interested in improving their quarterback situation. It sounds crazy to me, but don't rule out the Raiders. Don't rule out Jacksonville. Sure, they like Gardner Minshew, but they're not betting the house that a sixth-round pick is the future superstar of their franchise. So I think both of those teams are on the radar. The Colts have done a ton of homework on him, ton of homework on him. And, they, you know, listen, the Colts don't pick in the first round, but they got some extra ammo in round two where they can easily climb into the end of round one. Very similarly to how the Ravens did that with Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago. So when you look at it, all options are on the table. He's got a ton of upside. Some teams you talk to think he could be a superstar. Other teams you talk to, they're really, really underwhelmed. So it's all over the place. But at the end of the day, I think Jordan Love goes in the first round. And I actually like his upside more than Justin Herbert's. We're on the same page with that. We got Connor Rogers of Bleacher Report. Connor, final one before we get you out of here. I give you the chance now. Forget about the guys in the top 15. So I want to exclude them because, listen, they're getting talked about a ton. They're getting all sorts of love. We could go back half of the first round, so picks 20 and beyond. And maybe it's even a guy in the second or the third round who hasn't gotten a whole lot of attention, who hasn't gotten a whole lot of media hoopla that you are absolutely in love with and you think he's going to be a star, you think he's going to flourish in the league, and you want to give him a minute or two of our time. Who fits that description? Man, it's a great question. I'll go with one that he's gotten some love just because of his name, but not enough. And that's Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety out of Minnesota. I don't know how he didn't win the Thorpe Award. He was insanely under-recruited. Under I mean, both of his parents obviously went to Ohio State. 
dad had a great NFL career. The guy really got no looks, goes to Minnesota, turns into a superstar. He had two injuries in college, and, and that's going to hold him back. He's probably not going to go in the first round. But when he goes in the second or third round, I, I think the guy's the honey badger. I really, really do. When I look at how he plays, I, I think all the guy does is create turnovers over and over again. just has phenomenal, phenomenal instincts. So when you look at that, uh, he's an absolute star. One more guy on the offensive side of the ball here, I think Brian Edwards, the receiver out of South Carolina. Uh, another guy that didn't get to work out because he's hurt during the combine process. But when you're a four-year starter in, in the SEC, that says something to me. 6'3", 215, you know, go up and get the ball kind of receiver. And, and just always, always seems like he had a bad quarterback and was constantly dealing with bad throws. So I look at Brian Edwards, it just seems like a guy that won't go until the third or fourth round and he'll be a starter from day one. Connor, appreciate the perspective and the insight. This was absolutely tremendous, and we'll be rooting for that mock yours to be dead on because, listen, I'm going to need a whole lot of stiff drinks if the Dolphins end up taking Justin <laughs> Herbert over to us. So appreciate the time. Keep up the good work, and we'll chat again soon, all right? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, JJ, man. Enjoy the draft. They have a great perspective from Connor Rogers over at Bleacher Report. He's got two over Herbert. Interesting calls coming up for the Jets. Looks like the Giants leaning towards an offensive lineman. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.